you, Andrew, for coming on and joining me on the podcast today. It's great to have you on. Uh, you are the founder and CEO of a company called Fount, and you guys are providing comprehensive health and performance program to uh, people can afford it. It's it's not a cheap program, but it's you know maybe the best in the world if you want to take your health seriously and spend a few months or several months uh, getting into the best shape of your life and really just taking control of your health through the latest and greatest tech with great coaches and, and things like that. So um, it's great to have you on. I'm really excited about this stuff and and uh, you know what it implies for the future of you know it's not going to be a premium only product forever. The idea is to bring this to the masses eventually with the insights from these early programs. So um, it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. But I think before we really get into the product, it would be best to uh, you know hear your story for those who don't know you uh, from as early as you st- as as you you know are willing to start to uh, where you are today and and some of the decisions you made along the way. Thanks, Shay. Great to be here. You know, I like to say that if I lived my life ten times, I would have been a doctor. Five of them. My dad's a doctor. I grew up around it. Really found it fascinating. Probably also heard enough about the insurance companies and what a pain they were to not go straight to med school. Um, my mom's side of the family has got a really rich military history. My grandfather was kind of like a no BS war hero in World War II. And so uh, I was very lucky to serendipitously find a program at Georgetown where I could do science, technology, and national security and, and kind of combine the two. Um, and doing that work, um, found it really interesting. Realized if I really wanted to become an expert on the technology and other stuff that um, I would need to you know, go deeper on it. So I ended up going and doing um, graduate degrees in health physics, in immunology and national security policy. I had kind of a weird background. Somebody walks into the career center and they're like, hey, we need someone who does biology, national security and can write. And they're like, we know this guy, Andrew. Um, and so I got hired to run a studies program on the future of human enhancement um, for the Secretary of Defense's private think tank on basically long-term strategy, future of warfare. And it was an incredible opportunity to think really broadly and get incredible access to different parts of the military. Um, and that started a you know seven-year kind of career running various human performance efforts from you know, kind of high-level research and development strategy where we were bringing in venture capital and patent and publication data to try to understand where the defense department should invest versus where the private sector would do it for us all the way down to helping people get ready to deploy and thinking about very specific challenging missions, long scuba dive missions, you know, for elite operators and um, how to tune them up and, you know, accelerate recovery, uh, enhance performance during missions. And so um, that's kind of the, the background that led me to, you know, really focus on human performance, really focus on how we can enhance performance. Um, and also really to understand how dramatically important customization is when not only like, you know, we're thinking about missions of people at high altitude climbing mountains versus people, you know, under the sea, but also just seeing that everybody, you know, different people in the same unit reacted so differently to the same intervention. Yeah, it sounds like, uh, you know, one thing that came out of that that you very much applied at Fount is just the realization that everything is super personal, that there's no one size fits all solutions for these things. You can have something that's good for 70, 80, 90% of people and actually it has adverse effects for the other 10, 20 or 30% or whatever it might be. It's like pretty hard to predict. Um, having, you know, done a lot of work with basically elite performers, you know, Navy SEALs, military people, elite athletes, things like this. Um, you know, you obviously at some point sort of had this idea of like, Hey, I can take the cutting edge stuff here, which is still developing and, um, 
offer it hopefully eventually to the masses or at least to start with just everyday people, business executives, whoever it might be, um, who's not necessarily like, you know, a Navy SEAL. Um, and it's like a different bit of bit of a program, but can you just sort of give us an, an, a window into what it is like today or how it's been over the last decade, decade and a half, as you've been working with these elite performers, like theoretically, they're probably a bit advanced in just in terms of time versus what's available to the public today. Um, so what were some things you saw evolve over the last like decade, decade and a half with those, uh, you know, elite athletes and the military? I'd say things... You know, it's really interesting that some of the things that were only available in these elite organizations have now made it into the mainstream. And some things that started outside those organizations then filtered in. So I'd say what was, you know, really amazing was the availability of everything from hyperbaric chambers. The military happens to have, you know, hyperbaric chambers for testing and diving and things. And so there were people who were getting access to that stuff before really almost anybody on the outside was. Um, there was, you know, a lot of thought about the role of, not everywhere, but the role of hormones and other things in performance. And also, you know, what I think is so interesting about working in the military setting or any setting where people are operating or performing at the very edge of what's possible is I find that people can usually tell what's working. Uh, because if you're right at the edge, you notice things. So for example, you know, was working with a fighter pilot, trying to understand um, this phenomenon we discovered that pressure changes in flight were causing an inflammatory response. And interestingly, they were describing that it wasn't the flights with the most Gs that they came back down and felt the worst. It was actually these flights at high altitude and thus that matched with the pressure issue. And so we started, you know, I, I developed a protocol for him and he's like, I came down and I cannot believe how good I felt, but did you do anything that affected my G tolerance? And so when you're flying a fighter jet and you take hard turns, you know, you can pull blood away from the head and, you know, you need to be able to handle that. And so it turns out that almost, they're almost the only group in the world that wants higher blood pressure because it helps keep the blood flowing to your brain. And part of the intervention, you know, my fault that I hadn't thought about this was probably very mildly lowered his blood pressure, which very mildly affected his G tolerance enough that he noticed. So solved one problem, started to create another one. Thankfully, we figured out how you could solve both. But, um, you know, that's the kind of thing is not only do they notice, wow, yes, this effect is happening at altitude. Wow, this solved it. But by the way, it created this other thing. So that's that sensitivity that you notice that I think um, many people, you know, in everyday life don't have this great interoception, don't have this great sense of how they're feeling. And so that's part of what we had to do is develop ways to ask questions that can get people who don't think about this and don't maybe have as great sense of their body to still be able to give you the information you need. And then I mentioned there's a flip side, which was, you know, breath work and meditation did not, you know, were in the sort of yogic practices, certain religious groups. Um, but then, you know, over time, because they're so effective and also the military's had this, you know, interesting relationship with breath stuff because of the diving community. So those have become became more and more popular because they're so effective at modulating 
your stress hormone system, your sympathetic nervous system, increasing recovery. So I think you saw, you know, things that were only available in the military are coming to the outside um, and things that were outside earlier than going in. Yeah, it's interesting. The first piece I was like sort of anticipating that there were things developed like within the military or within, you know, uh, sports teams and things like that, that would flow outside. But the reverse flow is interesting as well. Um, and less obvious, I think to me, but, um, but that makes sense. The example that you gave with the breathwork, for example, um, let's move to, you know, what you're doing today with, with Fount, uh, you've basically said, Hey, we're going to go and, uh, take this expertise that I've developed over the last decade, decade and a half, and, uh, try to bring it to the public. And like you said, maybe these people aren't as in tuned with their bodies and it's a little bit different conducting experiments with them. They're not, you know, trying to, you know, they're not fighter fighter pilots or whatever it might be. They're sort of just trying to feel good day in and day out, meet their goals in a way that's reasonable with their lifestyle, things like this. Um, what made you set out to start Fount in the first place? And uh, maybe you could just sort of bring us through a little bit of the evolution from the early days to uh, what you guys are working on today. So when I was working with the military, my question was always, you know, how do you go from a thousand special operators who like, we know how to work with them. You can build a facility, bring in expert coaches and trainers and tune them up. But how do you go from that to a hundred thousand army grunts where you can't afford to do everything you're already doing for these elite operators? And similarly, you know, out of the work with the military, I'd be speaking at conferences and executives would come to me and be like, Hey, I get with the seals, but like, what should I be doing? Um, so I built an executive coaching and training business after working with the military. And it was the same question. How do we go from the C-suite to the rest of the company all the way to the factory floor? And that led me on this journey to try to understand how do we take the end of one individualized experimentation, truly customized model that I knew was the right way to do it. And how do we make that accessible at a price point where you cannot have elite coaches? And so surveying the field, I basically said, okay, almost all the data in health and wellness is garbage. It's, you know, best case scenario, a clinical trial, you know, a randomized controlled trial. You have maybe hundred people in a most, you know, in a better study, you're doing like one or, you know, two tests at the beginning and the end and you never test on these people again. So now your only option is to sort of make decisions based on averages of what worked for random groups of people who aren't you. And, you know, I don't think anybody would want to run their startup based on decision-making, based on data from the average of a hundred other companies that aren't yours. It just like, doesn't make any sense to work that way. Meanwhile, a lot of the other studies are so small, 20, 30 people that that data is just not reliable. It's really hard to run good clinical trials. I ran a reasonably large one and it's way harder to do it right than to do it wrong. But I realized that working with executives like we were, we were creating exactly the data set you would need to do this right. So instead of one experiment per person, because we were running individualized experiments, we had dozens per client. Instead of you know sort of one test at the beginning and one at the end, we were doing regular blood work and wearable data and self-report data and compliance. So we had this really rich, high frequency, high fidelity data. And so that if we could build a data set of hundreds and then thousands of these people going through these end of one experimentation programs, we would actually build the data sets that would allow us to build machine learning or AI models that could be your digital coach 
that could help you customize to yourself at an extremely high level. And so that's what we're doing. And that's why we were building Found. Basically, we run this extremely high level health and performance optimization program where our goal is to get our clients to their goals. You know, our clients are executives or lots of entrepreneurs and founders, you know, but they range from new parents all the way to people in their 60s and 70s. And the cool thing is our goals are totally aligned between wanting to help them reach their goals and wanting to build a data set because the data set is only valuable if people are getting the results they need. And so we're building this very unique data set so that we can discover um, and build the models for how to do this for everyone. And the really cool thing is along the way, um, we find these new products. So we can now send 95% of people anywhere in the world with no jet lag based on the scientific insight I brought from the military, but then we developed that product for our clients. We have an 80 to 90% solution for PMS for women, totally developed based on insights from working with our clients. And so developing these products, and now um, by the end of the summer, we'll launch um, an AI-driven app that gives people at a dramatically lower price point, a digital coach that can help them run experiments, evaluate what's working, and then decide where to go next. Um, and so, you know, we're really quite far along in our goal to um, bringing true customization to the masses. Yeah, that's really awesome that the uh, the app sounds like it's coming sooner than than I would have thought just based on, um, you know, reading about the strategy and everything like this. It, it feels like it would take quite a while to like run all of these experiments on individuals and collect this sort of um is it the right way to think about it as like sort of the traditional clinical trials are more, um, you know, uh, basically testing one thing on many people and you guys are sort of flipping that on its head and doing many experiments on one person. And then you repeat that over and over with various individuals with different DNA and, uh, you know, different biomarkers and different habits and uh, eating and exercise and all of these different things. And um, basically that strategy enables you to build this library of people and protocols what works on which people and then when you get a new person into the system the ai can say like okay this person looks almost exactly like this person so we should start with the protocol that worked on them for this solution that they're seeking which is the same and then um you know iterate based on these other people who also share commonalities and, and things like that is that sort of the right way to think about it yeah i think you know the ai is a little more inscrutable than it looks like this person, but that's exactly right. Is like, how do we say this is the experiment that is the highest probability to work for you? Look, there's no test in the world that's going to be able to tell you exactly which one is exactly the right answer. But if we can very quickly within a week or two, run a few experiments and get you to something that's working incredibly well, that's a home run because, you know, people often only have, you know, they throw their wearable in a drawer after two, three weeks, or, you know, there's, there's often challenges with compliance. So the ability to make it work much faster is critically important. So I think that, yeah, exactly what you're thinking is like, how do we use data to predict which experiments are more likely to work for you, get you to run those sooner, and then use the data from those to really then even be able to dial in further so that very quickly you're seeing tremendous gains across energy, focus, mood, sleep, gut health, fertility, fat, muscle, stress management, you know, longevity, any of these things that are a focus for you.
So is there like a, a transitional, like, should we think of this as sort of gradual versus sudden where with the current program, um, that's more one-on-one, -on -one, more personal and human and service and things like this, um, with your performance coach, are they basically utilizing more and more the technology that's going to feed into this, you know, app that doesn't require any human touch or minimal human touch where you sort of go from something that's like pure performance advisor all human sort of from their experience working with athletes and military and whatnot to leveraging more and more technology over time. And then it sort of flips on its head and you've got this app that requires maybe like a little bit of a human touch and over time, like sort of less and less to the point where it's fully automated. I think that's, yeah, I think there's a lot, a lot of that. So I would say there's always going to be the ability to have a conversation with a human in which there's a little bit more nuance and relationship built there until we have, you know, AIs that can, you know, do the full human mimicry, uh, which, you know, who knows, maybe that's coming soon. But right now you still get a lot of nuance and beautiful insights from working with a human coach. And that's why, you know, our clients still pay to, to work with these coaches we've trained. And there are people who can't afford that. So we'll start with people who are um, earlier in their health and performance journey. It's obviously easier to work with somebody earlier in their journey than someone who's tried a hundred things already. And so the models will be more powerful for people um, early on where there's more low hanging fruit. And then over time, they'll get more and more sophisticated and able to handle more and more, um, yeah, in-depth and more and more challenging cases, but also people who've already tried many of the sort of earliest protocols. Although I will say, you know, we see people all the time who are doing things that are great, but there's one component that's wrong. So for example, timing, you know, somebody's doing cold plunge can be great for building resilience, decreasing stress hormone levels at other times, but they're doing it right after they do strength training workouts and they're decreasing the value of their strength training workout. Somebody's taking a supplement that might be good for them, but they're doing it before they work out. Um, you know, if you take a multivitamin before you work out, you lose up to 50% of the value of your workout. So there's all kinds of nuance here that will get better and better at modeling over time and habit building components and other ones. So, you know, the having a, an elite coach is still the gold standard, but we do believe that the AI driven app will get better and better at a sort of increasing rate as we feed it the right data and we refine the models. Right. So, and that all makes sense. So, so now that we have like the context of the long-term and the vision and bring this to the masses through an AI driven app and everything like that, let's sort of rewind a little bit to, you know, where we are today, where you've been for the last um, several months in, in providing this one-on-one -on -one coaching. coaching. Uh, you mentioned it's like sort of the gold standard still. You guys are kind of like the gold standard of the gold standard with this one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, lots of great coaches and obviously the technology to augment what they're able to do. Um, can you talk about like if someone is interested in in something like what we're talking about now before the AI app is able to do what it hopefully is able to do one day and, and they do want just the personalized approach, um, what can you get from Fount today? Yeah, so if you sign up for Fount Pro today, you're going to get a one-on-one -on -one relationship with one of our, we call them performance advisors, our coaches. They're, you know, mostly former special operators, incredible with people, smart, um, really understand performance and have been there. 
And also we've trained them to have an elite level of knowledge across all the tools that work short of prescriptions, nutrition, supplements, meditation, sleep, light, temperature, exercise, recovery. So you get this one-on-one relationship with a coach who is, you know, interpreting the data we get from you. You know, we can help you get your labs done, wearable data. We typically are working with Whoop or Aura. um, And we have a, you know, proprietary way we've designed um, this deep dive intake to really understand your goals, schedule, environment, habits, and family history that provides this amazing context for, let's say, your lab and wearable and goals and all that data. So we're going to do a deep dive on the data. We're going to analyze it. We're going to say, here's what looks like it's going on in your body. Here's what you want to do. And so here's how we need to tweak and tune your body and your psychology. And we're going to design, they're going to design experiments for you to help you get there. Um, You're going to check in with them every week on video, text and email in between. And we're just going to iterate with you over the course of your time with Fount and get you moving to higher and higher levels, but also building in those habits so that not only are we helping you perform better for the short term, but also the long term. Um, And we can also do really things that I think are really fun. Like, you know, sometimes the highest level of short-term performance will be detrimental to your health long-term, but there's a ton of work we can do to enhance short-term performance that is also beneficial for health and longevity and, and health span. So we're definitely able to do a tremendous amount of nuanced work. And also, you know, some people, that relationship can be incredibly powerful for driving change, getting people to open up and really share the challenges. And we find that is another major lever that you get today. We also just do a bunch of things to try to make life nicer. Um, you know, you don't have to go to a doctor to get your lab order. We run our own custom supplement packaging facility. So if we recommend supplements, you get the highest quality ones, you know, in custom packs for you, made and FedExed out the same day. So you're not like having a bunch of bottles on the counter. So we've built this kind of integrated program to make life easier. So you know what to eat, take and do to look, feel and perform like you want. And then we have all these like really cool cherries on top. So, you know, I mentioned before, you know, we can now send 95% of people anywhere in the world with no jet lag. We have protocols to recover much faster from injuries. You know, in our clients who are freezing eggs, we're seeing like a 20% increase in the number of follicles from first scan to second scan with our fertility protocols. So we have all of these approaches to help with these various life events, travel, other things that make life easier and more fun. How do you like, uh, you know, obviously like FlyKit, the product that we've uh, alluded to a couple of times that basically uh, fixes or, you know, prevents jet lag uh, in a very personalized way. We'll sort of dig deeper into that maybe a little bit later. But um, you mentioned like the PMS product as well. Um, How have these first products that are sort of like specialized solutions um, come to the forefront? Was it something where like you had background or the team had background in these various areas so they were like the most sensible places to start or is there something about them that sort of emerged from early data and early experiments with your clients that made them the most sort of generalizable um not generalizable in that you know obviously the fly kit program is still like very personal like you literally plug in your itinerary and it tells you like what time to do what things and and stuff like that but generalizable in the sense that you can more quickly get to a fully automated product um how are these things emerging and how do you expect them to sort of continue to emerge until you have the fully generalizable, just like overall health coach? Yeah. So it was a combination of client needs. Like there was no good 
way for us to tell our clients, hey, this product for jet lag works or, you know, this thing for PMS is really doing great stuff. So it was a client, a really clear client need was really impacting their life. And where we were able to find a protocol that allows us to customize within a relatively um, algorithmic approach that means it's very scalable quickly. So with jet lag, you know, it turns out that we can use the same five supplements at very different times and in different amounts for people, but we can still give you a kit that has those five supplements plus blue light blocking glasses and potentially compression socks and other things in it. So we can make the same kit and then we can create a, you know, an algorithm that can design based on your circadian rhythm, where you're going, your flights, um, what you eat normally, your caffeine intake. So it was the ability to turn that into a fully algorithmically run process combined with um, a physical package that's relatively simple to produce. And then on the PMS side, you know, look, women's health has been dramatically under-resourced. And so as our female clients had a challenge here, you know, it became something we really wanted to help them with. And, you know, a lot of people just haven't looked deeply into the science of what's going on why, you know, we see in their, our clients' data that if their labs get done, you know, in that premenstrual period, they can have a higher level of inflammatory markers. And so we were seeing the physiology in front of our eyes. It matched some of what we saw in the scientific literature. And then we brought some of the solutions we were seeing work together. And by integrating them, that's the only way, um, along with the, you know, the ability to algorithmically customize, that was the only way you can get to 80 to 90% effectiveness was sort of like, seeing the trial and error built into a program for clients, understanding which things were working, putting them all together and realizing that there were additive or synergistic effects. So I'd say, yeah, combination of things that were there were no good solutions for and where it was possible to algorithmically customize that will then launch those as products first um, in a way that you know allows us to get it to a lot more people sooner. Yeah, it's really interesting. And uh, I'm curious to, you know, see what surfaces and emerges next in, in sort of that category based on on those criteria. And it sounds like these things could be companies, you know, large companies and successful companies in their own right, basically, with the, just this, the magnitude of the problems and people facing them and the lack of solutions out there today. Um, when I think about, you know, uh, like take, you take Flykit, for example, maybe we can do a little bit more of a deep, deep dive on that. Um, can you explain for people who, you know, they don't want to dig all the way into the Fount Pro product today, it's a little expensive for them, whatever it might be, uh, but they're curious to sort of like get involved and, uh, you know, see what this stuff's all about, what personalization can actually look like. Um, what happens when you sign up for Flykit, like you have a long, long trip from, you know, New York to Japan or something. Um, can you just walk us through sort of that process and the price point and, and how that works? Absolutely. So you buy a fly kit. It's $99 um, for your initial fly kit. That's good for your round trip to Japan and back. Um, and, you know, refills are $69. So, um, you know, on top of the cost of a thousand plus dollar ticket, it's usually like not a huge additional cost. You'll get that fly kit in the mail. You'll download the app or fly kit app from the app store. You'll answer six questions about your body. How much caffeine do you drink? How much does it affect you if you get less than six hours of sleep one night? Um, questions like that. You'll tell us what time you're waking up and going to sleep at home, what time you want to wake up and go to sleep at your destination. 
um, and you'll bring your flights into the app. And what it does is it calculates the optimal circadian shift in light of the fact that we know how to make you feel less bad when you haven't gotten enough sleep. And then the real magic of it is that we discovered this pressure change induced inflammatory response. So, you know, the reason people feel bad when they fly, a big piece of it is that they're getting a major inflammatory response. How do you know that? Well, look, some people sit on the couch for 10, 12 hours and their legs don't swell up like you do on a flight. You know, people get these blood clots in their legs on planes. That's an inflammatory and immune response. Um, you know, but plus there's plenty of data showing people with autoimmune diseases relapse more after travel. So basically we've discovered this brand new physiological phenomenon and we use supplements at specific times to mitigate the effect and then support your immune system throughout travel. So there's five different supplements in there. You, the app tells you exactly when to use them and they're supporting your immune system. And then we're using them to shift your circadian rhythm, uh, in combination with when we tell you to eat and block light. And so we give you these really nice blue light blocking glasses that allow you to, um, you know, kind of be in the world and not just be in a dark room when you want to avoid light. And there's some really counterintuitive times for that. So, you know, most people say get light at your destination in the morning and during the day, and then, you know, avoid light at night. But it turns out that there can be these three hour periods in the morning or even the afternoon where at your destination, where it's actually counterproductive to get exposure to sunlight or, or bright light. So we're doing all those calculations for you. The app is telling you exactly what to do, giving you reminders uh, throughout your trip. And we see these dramatic effects where people um, send us emails all the time and are like, that's incredible. I just slept well my first night in Spain, in Tokyo, in Sydney. Um, and you know, USA soccer uses it to go to the world cup. We have, you know, I just, we just sent some professional triathletes, um, to Europe from the U S and they were just, I just got an email this morning raving about it. So, um, the process is put your stuff into the app, follow the instructions, the kit we send you has everything you need and it makes life easy. Yeah. I feel like that's huge for, for not only sports teams, business executives, people like that. And I can imagine like, you know, when I go and book a flight, like you said, if it's the long flights, like several hundred dollars, whatever it might be. Um, you know, there's all these like add-ons. They're like, do you want to rent a car? Do you want this? Do you want that? And it's like, I never really want anything. But then if they had something like this, I feel like that's actually a pretty compelling add-on that that I would pay for. So uh, yeah, we want to like, should... do you not want jet lag? Is, yeah, is exactly. We want. Um, so we're, you know, we're starting to talk to the airlines. Um, we definitely want to get to a point where we can offer this to everyone. Um, you know, we've been doing a lot of work to get the price down. And so we're just, we just have the price. It used to be $199 for the initial kit. And now it's 99. So we're really excited to be able to, you know, do everything we do is about making what we do more accessible. You know, Fount Pro used to be $5,000 a month and now it's, you know, $1,500 a month. And with a year subscription, it's $1,249 a month. So everything we do is about making this kind of elite level of human performance support more and more accessible. And I'm excited that we're making a lot of progress there. Yeah, it's really awesome. And I think, um, you know, going back to like the Fount Pro and, and the diagnostics piece, um, I'm curious what your thought, I feel like you're like a very good person to ask about the current landscape in terms of wearables, because um, you don't really probably have a much of a bias, maybe you partner with certain companies more often than others or whatever, but you're not, you know, attached to any one individual. There's obviously like, you know, there's Aura and, uh, and Whoop, Aura transparently used to sponsor the podcast a little bit. And, um, Whoop, I haven't used, but, you know, would be totally open to using it or I've used for like three years. There's Levels, which does continuous glucose monitoring. They also sponsored the podcast for a while. I've used it for probably 
six months collectively over the last two or three years. Um, there's eight sleep, you know, that's the bed that I sleep on and have, I'm not just plugging all sponsors here. First of all, they don't sponsor <laughs> it anymore. And second of all, eight sleep never did. I just use it and, and enjoy it. Um, but like, are there any others that you sort of are most frequently raising to the awareness of your clients or, um, just curious to hear your thoughts. Cause obviously they don't go all the way. Like you said, you know, you don't get the coach with the app, but I paid $300 for aura once three years ago. And like the benefit it's had for me to be able to sort of run some self-experimentation for my sleep has been tremendous. So I'm um, curious your perspective on sort of the overall landscape. Yeah, I think, you know, the ones you highlighted are the most valuable ones on the market today for, for my money. So, you know, what do we, what can we measure well with wearables? Sleep and uh, stress levels like HRV with Whoopinora. Um, Garmin's doing some interesting stuff as well now. So I think those are really valuable. You know, we have to recognize that none of these sensors are incredibly absolutely accurate, meaning they're not necessarily going to tell you the exact right number of minutes of REM sleep you had. But the most important thing is they're relatively accurate, meaning if it says you're getting more REM sleep this week than last week, you can really trust that. So that relative accuracy makes them great for running experiments. And so sleep and stress, the metabolic piece, um, obviously continuous glucose monitors, you know, levels pioneered making those accessible. There's a bunch of now companies that offer them. And I think that can be great. You know, normally it probably only takes you maybe a month to really understand what's working for you and what's not. And then, um, you know, I think the sleep monitoring stuff, typically at least the current iteration don't see the data from eight sleep being as valuable as let's say Whipperora. but in terms of improving sleep quality we really like bed cooling um and eight sleep is obviously the leader in that market that they have the best technology there so you know i think the piece missing there are the blood tests and there's a lot of nuance to what to order and how to interpret it so you know with your continuous glucose monitor you know, you can see your reaction to different foods and your average over time, but what you can't see, for example, is your insulin level. So if your insulin is starting to creep up and you're becoming insulin resistant, your, you know, blood sugar during the day still might be normal until the insulin really, you know, insulin resistance gets really strong. But by seeing your blood test, you can actually kind of get ahead of that and understand um, what's, you know, that earlier and, and know you need to intervene. We see, vitamin deficiencies in very healthy people. Um, you know, a lot of our clients, you can imagine, use like uh, Himalayan pink salt or sea salt instead of like table salt. And it means they're getting a lot less iodine than they used to if they're not eating things like kelp and um, seaweed and other, especially things like that. So we're actually seeing a lot of people come in with relatively low iodine levels now because of this huge dietary change to different types of salt, because table salt has iodine added to it. So I think blood tests are, can be really valuable. Um, and then from there, other devices that can be useful are, you know, understanding your body compositions. That'd be like a DEXA scan that can be really valuable, understanding how much muscle and fat you have, how much visceral fat you have, which is kind of this fat kind of more in the core inner of your body that is more highly correlated with poor health outcomes. Um, but, you know, I think altogether, you know, these, you know, be able to monitor sleep, stress, metabolism, and, um, you know, kind of your, like the rest of your sort of like inflammatory, lipid, uh, metabolic, and 
let's say like sort of vitamin and mineral levels, when you put those all together, you can get an incredibly good picture of someone's health and performance. Yeah, what's the um? That, that's a great summary and overview, and I was glad to hear some stuff that sort of uh supported where my head was at on on a lot of this, especially the point about things being sort of directionally or generally accurate versus exactly accurate. I think it's funny, like you know, I mentioned I have the eight sleep in the aura, and I'll wake up and have like a seventy eight sleep score on aura, but like a ninety eight on eight sleep, and I'm like, <laughs> I feel like the eight sleep is like the really easy teacher in school, whereas the aura is like consistently <laughs> giving me C's. Uh, but I feel like not so bad about it because I sort of, uh, you know, realize that that aura is a tough teacher because uh, I think it, it can kind of have like a negative impact, too. If you start like thinking like, well, no matter what I do, I just like can't sleep enough and the aura because like, you know, to your point, everything's personalized and aura sort of, I think, operates on an assumption that you need like eight plus nine hours of sleep. And if I feel good after seven, like it's going to give me 78 every time, even if I sort of like, you know, it wants me to get more sleep, but it doesn't know me as intimately as like you guys would know me, like giving me all the, the other diagnostics and, you know, the blood tests and things like this. Um, lastly, in terms of the uh, sort of like body composition type measurements, that's one where I'm like super uninformed. I have like a scale that, you know, says it tells me like my body fat percentage and a bunch of other things. You mentioned like a deck scan or something like that. Could you talk a little bit more about like if you just wanted to get a little bit better at measuring like body composition or something like that, what you would do for, you know, what's something that's sort of reasonably affordable or what's the higher price point version, stuff like that. Yeah. So the scale is using, your scale is using something called bioelectrical impedance. Basically it's running a weak electrical current in your body and seeing the signal that comes back. It's really strongly affected by how hydrated you are. So therefore what time of day you do it. Um, and there's a lot of different variables there. So, you know, again, it can give you, if you take it every day for a couple of weeks and then, you know, average those, you'll start to get a reasonable number, but there are a lot more um, accurate ways to do it. You know, there's a couple in the middle, there's these bod pots that use like how much air you displace and your weight. There's, it can put you in a dunk tank and see how much water you displace, but for most people, honestly, for the price, the kind of best thing to do is go to the top, which is get a DEXA scan. It's DEXA stands for dual X-ray energy absorbent or dual energy X-ray absorbance. And basically, what they're doing is they're sending a very small dose of X-rays through you at two different energies, and they can and basically some of them go through fat, muscle, bone, you know, the two energies at different ways, and so they can use the difference in how much those X-rays make it through to understand your body composition. And it gives you um, not only like your average, but it can tell you by parts of your body and you can get a scan of lean mass in different parts of your body and asymmetries. So, um, you know, DEXA scan typically costs 99 bucks to $199. So, you know, not crazy expensive, um, increasingly available, at least in big cities. So that's a really great way if you're going to do you know, once every six months or once a quarter is a great way to really understand where you are and, um, you know, be able to kind of set goals that you then run experiments against and then see how they're working. Yeah. It's interesting. And maybe even triangulate against something that you can use more often, like the scale or whatever, and see like, oh, this is, you know, pretty consistently off in this direction or whatever. But, um, that sounds like a, a very worthwhile investment. It's just crazy. You know, how, um, people like, how can you not spend money on your health? Like if you have disposable income, you know, uh, it's just like, what else are you going to spend on that's going to have as 
dramatic an effect over like your full life as just spending, you know, $200 if you can afford it on a couple of those tests per year and um, various things. And obviously, if you can afford it, I'm going for Fount Pro and just going all in. And I think the reason I, I like talking about like the wearables and the diagnostics and things I feel like for people who haven't like even dipped their toes at all in any of this, just like sort of getting into the um, habit of like thinking about your health, even like investing in your health a little bit, people might be more comfortable, like sort of dipping their toes in that way. And then sort of catching the bug as I sort of have over the last few years, and then getting to the point where you're after something that's more like a Fount Pro or more of like an all in service, hopefully, you know, the app at like a more affordable price point as well soon. Um, so I think that's, there's basically a lot of different ways for people to get started and, and whatever seems interesting, I think should you know, sort of inform the direction for people to go. Um, lastly, I think sort of an interesting place to end would be to talk a little bit about like your own health journey and obviously everything's personal. So like what you do, um, you know, isn't something that people should go like, oh, you know, Andrew does this, so I should start doing this or anything like that. But um, hearing a little bit about like your own personal journey, things that have worked for you over the years and discoveries you've made and experiments you've run. And, um, you know, if there is anything that you would mark as like, even though everything is personal, um, you know, this thing is like pretty generalizable, like no guarantees, but like it's, it's pretty good. And I'm not trying to like trap you into a general no, no, thing there, but totally. um, that'd be interesting to hear as well. Yep. So, you know, a lot of people get into the health field because of their own challenges. I got into it because of my interests. And so, but that doesn't mean I haven't found a ton of things and frankly changed my life because of it. So what are some things on my own personal journey? Food sensitivities have been a huge thing I've discovered were playing a role in my energy levels. So, you know, public, you know, public service announcement, turns out that the food sensitivity tests in the market, unless you have a really bad allergy, which is quite rare, cannot tell you what foods you're sensitive to. The best research, um, you know, December, a year and a half ago, out of Belgium showing that these are mostly caused by allergies that are only in the lining of your gut. And so you can't test for them in your blood because the antibodies and the immune cells aren't there. And, but the like histamine and other inflam inflammation that gets caused in the lining of your gut does leak out to the rest of your body. So you can get brain fog, you can get joint pain, you can get skin issues from it. So um, I found I was very sensitive to alliums, garlic, onions, shallots, chives, things like that. And cutting those out of my diet gives me twice as much energy every day. So, you know, how do you find this out? Well, it turns out the only real way to do it today is an elimination diet. Take categories of things out of your diet, get clean, add them back one by one, see what makes you feel worse, see what makes you feel better. Um, and, you know, some people do an elimination diet and we're like, I didn't really notice the difference with anything. And I'm like, that's a great, you don't have to think about this. Then these aren't, this isn't your issue. Um, but you know, the big, you know, the big kind of groups that people should think about, you know, wheat, dairy, nightshades, which are tomatoes, potatoes, eggplant, peppers, uh, and alliums, you know, mentioned garlic and onions, things like that. So those are all great things to test. And we often find that one or more of those is materially affecting a client. So that was that. Then how do I, like, I burn a lot of calories, both I train for sort of long distance adventure races 
And for whatever reason, I just have a body that loves to burn through calories and lose weight. So I had to figure out a way to consume a ton of calories, but in a way that was clean and didn't mess with my health and didn't make me feel bad. And so I was initially developing a super high calorie snack when I was training for these 24 hour adventure races. And I was like, okay, what's the cleanest source of a ton of calories? And I was like, like raw almond butter, basically. And I was like, okay, but that's really hard to eat. It's super sticky. And I was like, what if I added like heavy cream to it and I mix it up and let me tell you, it tastes really good. You make like a pudding. But then I was like, okay, maybe heavy cream isn't the best thing for me to be eating all the time. And so then I made, I've made this thing, which is almond butter, olive oil, and water. And now I do like 11, 1200 calories worth of it in the morning. It seems to, that number seems to keep going up and I feel incredible through lunch. I get protein, fat, uh, all the polyphenols, these anti-inflammatory compounds from the olive oil. I get fiber. Um, and so I eat this really strange breakfast now that reporters, when they do stories about us, seem to like to talk about. So breakfast, the food sensitivity thing, um, you know, I do really well with sun exposure. I do really well with sauna and cold plunge. And those have become part of my ritual. I have, there's another founder here in LA who we do kind of Sunday night cold plunge together. And it's an amazing, like talk about business, cold plunge. Um, sometimes we'll sauna also. And so, yeah, those are just a couple of things off the top of head that have been really big for me. And I think uh, figuring out what foods you feel best on, I'll just highlight that as one particular area to be really, um, to be really thoughtful about where there's often a lot of gains. Yeah. The, uh, the elimination diet thing, like, I feel like that's where it's uh, one area where it's super valuable to have like a personalized one-on-one -on -one coach, because it's just like pretty fundamentally difficult. I feel like, especially like if you're eating at home all the time, then it's a little bit easier. You can like limit the ingredients and everything you eat and you know exactly what's going into everything. But like, even if you go to like Chipotle, there's like, you get a bowl or whatever. There's like, 12 15 plus ingredients probably in like a bowl when you just pick like five or six things or whatever uh and it can be like pretty difficult i feel like to know what the thing is that's impacting you or whatever um and like you know you mentioned the categories to look out for i think that's like a great place to start like it's fairly easy i feel like to remove wheat for a few days if that's sort of long enough to see the effect or um you know dairy and, and things like that but some of these things like garlic for example it's like a little bit hard to to know what it's in and, and it's just helpful i feel like to have someone both to sort of draw up the experiment and the meal plan for you and um also to just sort of hold you accountable to sticking with the the regimen and everything like that um i think last place that would be interesting to to end off on is uh you know we mentioned before we we got rolling with the recording that uh i've had a bunch of people on the podcast scientists and entrepreneurs who are uh, really into the idea of, you know, can we actually not only bring human health span worldwide, sort of like, can we bring the average up towards more of like the maximum that we see in developed countries with healthy people who can afford to pay for, you know, good healthcare and things like that? Can we bring that average up? But these people are also interested in like, can we actually increase the maximum? Can we, you know, I think the longest human ever has lived to like 126 or something. Uh, I think a French woman, if I'm remembering correctly, and like, you know, most people, obviously, that's extremely rare. Most people are uh, 100, roughly, like max. Um, but can we raise that? Can like people start living to 120, like people live to 90 or 100 today? 
Um, and maybe it's not in 10 years, maybe it's not in 20 years, but in 50 years or 100 years. I'm curious to hear like your thoughts on this whole, you know, radical longevity concept and uh, whether it seems like something that's feasible to you or uh, just sort of your your nuanced take on the matter. I think it's possible, but it's not going to be a single drug that does it. You know, our bodies are complex adaptive systems and have all these inner interacting feedback loops. And so the idea that there's going to be one compound that dramatically extends our lifespan feels really simplistic and very unlikely to me. I mean, look, if it works, that'd be great, but I don't believe it. Because I think, you know, for example, you know, people were always super excited about telomere length and can we extend your telomeres, which are these like little DNA caps on the ends of our chromosomes and they get shorter every time something, every time it's copied. And so, you know, when they get too short, then the cells can't copy the DNA anymore and then they become senescent or they die. And so the idea was, oh, make them longer and you can regenerate your cells more. And if they're too long, you're more likely to get cancer because the cells can divide out of control. So there's all these feedback loops that are tied together. So I think, you know, if you're going to be looking at tissue regeneration, you're probably going to need to be managing simultaneously cancer risk. If you're going to be ramping up metabolism, you're going to have to be able to handle the detoxification pathways also. So I think it's possible, but I also think the you're going to need to have a much more sophisticated complementary approach where you're managing multiple different pathways at the same time and that's going to be really hard to do and it's going to require feedback based you know testing to give feedback to dosing and compounds so i do think it's possible and i think we're going to need a much more sophisticated approach you know Today, evidence-based medicine is another way of saying one-size-fits-all medicine, and that I don't think gets you there. And frankly, most doctors are not trained to think this way. There's some great ones out there, but most doctors are trained to believe if we do something and it will have negative side effects, so we shouldn't do anything unless you have a, a serious disease. When in reality, there's plenty of things we can do that have positive you know, side effects, if you will. And so we need to sort of like change the entire mindset to go from um, sort of a fear-based challenge to where are the you know real opportunity frame. You know, with our clients, we're always want to say like, yes, you know, like maybe your sleep's not as good as you want it to be. Like that's an opportunity to, to improve. And frankly, if you're already performing as well as you are today and your sleep's not great, that's actually kind of amazing because it means there's so much more room to run. So how do we take this same opportunity frame that we take with our clients, port it to medicine and longevity, and recognize that there are there's so much complexity there that one thing is not going to get us there? Yeah, it sounds like you know there might not be one magic pill and the current system may sort of not be set up in a way that's very accommodating for us to to get to that place of increasing maximum health span and things like this. But uh, and I know it's not your guys' immediate focus, but it seems like your guys' approach could, you know, maybe the super app that Fount builds and has on the market 10 years from now, maybe that's sort of starting to get to more of a place where uh, people are, you know, testing the tops of, of human health span and, and seeing what we could do. I think that would be super exciting. In addition to, of course, people just sort of meeting their potential as uh, most people think of, you know, potential health today. 
uh, which is already just uh, obviously an amazing improvement versus where most people are just sort of operating in the dark and um, having sort of a, a lackluster health profile versus what they could with a few sort of personalized recommendations and whatnot. Um, yeah, I always say like, you know, if you have a major, a serious legal issue, you're not going to go to law school. You're going to hire a lawyer. And if it's important, you're probably going to hire a good one. So why would you not hire an expert if you have the income to help you with your health? Like, you know, you can read an article and be like, this is so exciting, but maybe there's 20 other articles that say the opposite. And so the complexity here, you know, that's why we love being able to offer Found Pro. Our coaching program is like, we can take you from zero to 60 or zero to 90 very quickly um, without a lot of the pain of, you know, just sort of like being lost in the wilderness of health recommendations and studies and other things. Um, and so it's a lot of fun to get people ramped up really quickly. Um, and also then just to experiment with people who've been at it for a long time, because, you know, going from 90 to 95 for somebody who's really into this is also just as exciting. Perfect. Well, I think that's a, a great place to end. I appreciate you coming on today, Andrew. It's been great talking with you. And I'm really excited about what you guys are building with Fount. Uh, where can people go to, you know, look into the pro plan and uh, maybe check out FlyKit, follow you and the company on Twitter or whatnot? Uh, where do you want to send people? Yeah, so you can go to our website. It's www.fount.bio. Um, you can also check us out on uh, Twitter and Instagram at, at FountBio, F-O-U-N-T-B-I-O. And then my personal Twitter is at Andrew Her H-E-R-R, bio, B-I-O. So everything with the bio at the end. Um, so yeah, come come join us. My DMs are open if you have questions on Twitter. And uh, we love, you know, we love helping people along their health and performance optimization journey. Awesome. Thank you again. Thanks again. Cheers. 